Are you looking to pursue excellence and take your success to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Excellence Mindset with your host, Ryan James Miller. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast. You are going to be hearing this from me quite a bit, I think, over the next few episodes. As um, many of you know from my last episode, uh, I uh, was looking for some additional guests to come on the podcast. I'm always looking for people to contribute content, uh, great stories, uh, wisdom uh, that they could share with uh, with you guys, the audience. And so I uh, took to LinkedIn, which is the place that uh, I go nowadays for all things content, wisdom, and maybe even a little bit of entertainment from time to time. And uh, as I did, uh, this guest particularly popped up and I think the first uh, the first interaction we had was she recommended somebody else to me, and then I said, "Hey, what about you?" And we agreed, and so I'm really looking forward to that because we had a a brief chat offline, and I started to learn a little bit more about her, and so I'm really excited because I think there's going to be a lot that will be relatable to you that are listening today as you're out exploring uh, your own. Um, pursuits in business and what some people may be calling side hustle today and uh, and and just trying to find that balance and then when do I break off and, and go off on my own completely and then balance the chaos that is life in in so many different ways so with that, I want to welcome Miranda Von Fricken to the podcast today. Uh, Miranda calls herself a whole lot of things, but I know, Miranda, you said that you are passionate about personal and professional development. I know that you're a coach. I think you're actually certified uh, as a life coach, and you also have a master's degree, which not many coaches uh, can say that, I don't think, but I know you have a master's in motivation and professional development, and um, you're passionate about a whole lot of other things, including, I'm sure, your husband and your kids, and uh, so welcome so much, Miranda, to the Excellence Mindset Podcast. Thank you, Ryan. Yes, I am passionate about everything. <laughs> <laughs> I ooze passion out of my pores. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. So, uh, so how Miranda would you describe yourself if somebody asks you, kind of, who are you? What do you do? What What are some of the things that you typically go to as it relates to what you're all about? Yeah, of course. So, I think if anyone who knows me or has worked with me would say I am extremely high energy, maybe even a little crazy pants, and I, I'm very authentic to who I am. I've done a lot of self work and developed the person I am into someone who is unapologetic about my high energy, maybe some of the cuss words I use and my love for helping people to uncover what is blocking them, overcome some of the obstacles they may have gone through and then really thriving in their life and career. Um, and I do that obviously with great passion, high energy, and but it's really built on a great foundation of education and experience. Ooh, <laughs> that was a whole lot. I know. <laughs> I wrote that down just to forget it too. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so you have all that passion, all that excitement, all that all that fire inside you, and we'll talk uh, how you're applying that. But but what is it that really drives that? I mean, what what gets you out of bed every single day, and what what really fuels that fire that you have inside yourself? Honestly, I have a seven year old daughter who would make sure that I got out of bed the minute the sun will, the minute the sun rose, right? <laughs> so I, I do have kids. I'm extremely passionate about my children and my husband, but the professional fire that really fuels me is just, I want to make sure that, that people don't feel stuck anymore. We, as far as we know, we're given one life, right? So we have 
the ability to make it amazing, to make it and mold it into anything we want it to be. And you have to do work for that, right? So I get up before the sun even does. Some days I'm, I'm awakened by my dog. Some days I'm awakened by the kids. But most days I'm, I'm just awakened by my love for pressing forward and my my faith that keeps me awake and energetic and alive and just everything that that I want this life to be for myself and then for the people that I work with. So so how do you harness all of that? Like how do you take all of that and and channel that into something practical that like that you that you can see and touch and feel? That's so that's so true. It's a great question because there there is a lot of passion and excitement. But if I don't actually channel it into something tangible for my client, I'm never really going to be able to utilize and grow. So I do a couple things. I'm a life and career coach. I help with tangible items such as like your resume, LinkedIn branding, how to find a job, how to, how to really bring out the passion you have for the work you do today. And I'm actually in the middle of creating a program, which would be distributed online for anyone who wants it. It's a program called Love It or Leave It, talking about the people in nine to fives, right? So you are in a nine to five and you are feeling stuck. You're maybe living a Groundhog's Day, going to work, getting a case of the Monday blues or you're hating the Sundays and you really just want something different. So I'm creating this program where I'll take people on a journey to either find that passion and fire and excitement for the for their job that they're currently in and what they're doing today so they don't feel stuck any longer and be able to like kind of relight that excitement or leave it. Just if everything points to this is not where I'm meant to be, this is not the the employer I'm meant to work for and the work I'm meant to do, well, then we're going to develop a way for them to get out of that job and in the next big role for them. There had to be a place in your life where this became um, important for you or this was this was something that you decided you want to pursue, right? Like. Uh, it, it wasn't that like you were just given a coach somewhere early on in your career and, and maybe that, maybe that was the case, but probably not. That, that doesn't typically happen to most of us. And so at what point did you recognize that, that the idea of a coach of somebody kind of leading and guiding and helping you at, at what point did you feel like that was something that was important to have? And did, did that mean you hired somebody yourself first or no, that was just something that you jumped into from an absence of it in your own life? Like wh- where did that start to come into play? Yeah. So it started probably about 15, 20 years ago in my own career. I relocated from Manhattan to upstate, upstate New York, where I'm from. And I knew I wanted to be a person who helped create change, right? I knew I wanted to help people feel better about themselves. And I ended up just getting a job just to pay the bills, right? Because we all need that. So in that role, I was I was in staffing, I was connecting people, professionals to opportunities. And a lot of the times when I was interviewing these people, they would say, Oh, I really just need a job, I, I just need to pay the bills. And I think they felt open to say that, because I was in between. I was the person who was going to actually manage them and be their employer. So they felt comfortable opening up to me, but I, I just kept trying to pull more from them. And there's got to be more like, why do you want this job specifically? And then as time progressed, I became a career director in higher education. I created programs within the college to teach students how to find a career passion, how to speak eloquently about the work they want to do and how to promote themselves as the person to hire. Um, but as I'm coaching people, to find their best career fit and to align their passions with the school's training. I had to do a lot of life coaching with these students and they were adult students and not just right out of high school, but 
career transitioners too. And so I found that I started coaching the person, the person holistically. So I went back for my master's to learn a lot about psychology, you know, positive psychology, their influences, sociology, even marketing, like everything that I could get my hands on in a program I actually created myself with the help of a school. Um, and it is in motivation and professional development. And I wanted to just really help these people find their best fit all together. I wanted people to stop job hopping. So that's what I did. I started coaching my students and my graduates. And then it just kind of translated from there into corporate America. And I started helping the company that I worked for um, brand themselves as the it company to be. So I went from helping the students and, and the people side of things to helping employers brand themselves as the it job to be. And, you know, that they are just like to, to attract talent, to acquire that talent and to train them and retain them. So I have the best of both worlds. I have it from the, the student individual side, and then I have it from the corporate company side. And now as a coach, I get to take both of those experiences and not only help the people in nine to fives now or business builders or whoever it is that's looking to change the fire within them for their professional sense of contribution, but also take that into companies and teach their employees how to re-love the job they're doing so they can contribute in a bigger way. Mm. But it just happened through me going from job to job and picking out the little pieces of each job that I absolutely loved. One of the things I used to teach a class and one of the ones that the assignments I gave that I loved the most was having these students and some of them are much older go through every single job they've ever had from I started at 16 at McDonald's to whatever they were currently doing. And what is the thing they loved most about the job? And what was the lesson they took away from that? And then when we put that on a different sheet of paper, that almost became the new goal for their next career. I loved that I could work harder and make more money. Okay, so maybe you like sales, you know, we were taking out the bits and pieces of each job they loved, and trying to create a perfect job description in and create that environment that would make them the most happy. And then we would go out and try to find that. Okay, so there's something that you said earlier that was wonderful, and I want to make sure that we go back to it. So you talked about the fact that you were coaching people on the, let's just say, professional side of things, right? So that's probably skill development and uh, productivity and things like that. So you're, you're coaching there, but then you said you started to kind of uh, get into the, the life side of things, right? So uh, that those two things were intersecting. So how, how, do you, how do you handle that? Because I, I find that all the time. So as a coach, when I'm working with people, uh, whether in an organization or as an individual, like it's impossible in my own brain to separate the two. Some people are able to do that. I cannot. And so, um, so how, how, do you, how do you maintain, like is there some sort of balance you maintain or no? Do you just kind of lay the cards on the table all up front to say like, look at like if, if I'm coaching you on getting a new job, um, then, you know, like life is going to come into play. Or even if like a company hires you in to coach employees, um, you know, you just you lay it on the table. Like, do you do that up front or no? You kind of just feel like it's just a given. And so you just you just take it that way. You know, when I was first figuring out how I wanted to brand myself in my own business, I, I struggled with that. Do Am I a life coach? Am I a career coach? I needed to. And you hear from everybody, you got to niche down, niche down, right? Find that like one particular thing that you're great at. And yes, there's many things that I'm, I'm great at. And there's probably one that I'm the best at. But 
when I'm giving all of me and when I'm doing my best work, I'm not giving you a piece of me. Like I'm literally giving you everything I've got in order to make, you know, this relationship, this coaching relationship, the best that it can be and have my clients get the most bang for their buck, right? So you might as well get all of me. And with that, I used to try to just focus on one or the other. Like do you, when I was creating masterminds, I actually laid out two different ones. One was for career and one was for life. But then I found in both instances, they needed both the career people really needed to figure out the best career for their life and what life things that they had going on it was going to affect what job they took and the same for the people who maybe wanted a better group of women to hang out with they wanted to incorporate some hobbies or wanted to be more than just a mom every single day all day they wanted to find who they were as individuals again a lot of that though they spend most of their time at work so you kind of have to do it in both so it became almost like you had to cross them over. So I actually joined both of those masterminds into one larger one and just started coaching them holistically. So now I won and whether they need a more career focus or life focus, you're getting both of it. Because honestly, we talk about things in life and career that has to do with our habits, the environment we're in, the energy we're exuding or the people we're around and how we allow them to affect our energy and then the relationships we have and how we communicate with others. That, that transfers between life and career. It just makes one holistic approach to coaching a person. I absolutely love that you think that, say that, put that into action. So I say this to people that uh, I have conversations with, and this, this, again, is a regular topic of conversation when I have people on the podcast with this in their title. But so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always afraid of the life coach word, <laughs> and uh, I don't like it. And this sounds terrible to say, but like, I don't like it when people try and associate me with that uh, because that always to me is kind of like the woo woo. Um, and, um, and obviously, right, that that's, you know, there, there's some people maybe that have like abused that kind of like title and space. And so that's why that's happened. But, but a lot of people think that. Um, and yet, what I really appreciate about what, what you, again, just kind of reiterated when you explained it more is like, there is no way, there is no way you are going to grow professionally until you are willing to also grow personally, right? Like you've got to continue to um, learn and and build skill on the personal side of life. Also, like I'm sure you've experienced many times, and, and I would love to hear if you have a story, um, sometimes teeing these things up can be dangerous, but, um, you know, I, 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 um, I, I run into a lot of times where um, clients have a huge underlying personal issue that's hindering their ability to be successful professionally. And so until we address that, uh, and that could be as simple as like, you know, self-perception, um, or it could be as massive as some just disastrous relationship some point in their life, like until they can get through that, um, you know, they, they'll, they'll never be as successful as they could be. Right. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I, I have so many clients that I have to work in a career focused coaching session. I have to work on their confidence, their self-perception, their ability to lead themselves and the ability to trust who they are at their core, because if they don't, I mean, this isn't sound, this is going to get woo woo for you for a minute, but if you don't love, <laughs> if you don't love yourself every single day, when you get up in the morning and love who you are, you are not going to be able to contribute to that work to the fullest of your ability. 
you're going to get stuck in, in the grind of, you know, paper pushing or data entry or sales calls, or whatever it is your job is, you're going to get stuck in the mundane routine of it all. You're not going to do it with passion. You're not going to give those clients or customers the best of you if you don't love who you are as an individual. So, yeah. Okay. So, so, so before we move on, because I want to, I want to stick on that because my words got used against me in a really good way. And so I, I want to clarify that because I think it's important because words matter so much as we're talking about this stuff. So yes, like automatically when you hear love yourself, people attach that to woo woo. And, 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 and I'm with you. Like I, do, I think that's an absolute necessity, right? There, there are very like soft and um, ineffective ways that people try and apply that idea of loving themselves. But at the end of the day, like now, granted, we all get up some days and we don't feel great. And there are things about every single one of us that we don't like about ourselves. But if you can't get up out of bed every single day and look at yourself in the mirror and feel like, gosh, like I'm. I'm good, right? Like I'm worthy. I'm I'm capable. I'm valuable. Like if you don't have that, I mean, there is no way you're gonna you're gonna even be productive in the simple. Never mind like most people's aspirations to somehow like change the world, right? Absolutely. And it's so funny. Like I wake up every day and I don't think I'm amazeballs just because I opened my eyes. I mean, partially, yes, I'm here. I'm awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hear me roar. But there's a side of me that has to do the work on myself every single day because there are insecurities, even the most confident people still have. So you have to do the work and the, the woo woo part of it, it goes hand in hand with the with the professional side of things, because if you don't have one, you're going to you're going to lack in the other. You really are. I mean, you don't have to be you don't have to be super confident to maybe do every single job. You don't have to wake up and, and say, I'm worthy of everything the universe is going to give to me today. And, and I'm open to the abundance of the universe in order to, you know, make a sales call. But if you say I'm open to any conversation that comes my way and I'm going to, I'm going to deal with it as professionally as possible because I'm equipped and capable to have this phone call. It's going to, it's two different phone calls. You're going to let people maybe bully you on one side of the phone. And then on the other side, you're, you're just going to be able to come back at them with the information they need in a confident way. So Yes, I didn't mean to use woo-woo against you, but <laughs> I totally get what you're saying. No, 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 no. No, it's good. No, it's great. It's great. I, I, you know, because again, like sometimes, you know, I, I say that and it comes back to bite me in the sense of, you know, again, what, you know, what we mean is not always, or what we say is not always what we mean uh, and, and vice versa, I guess. And so it's just good to clarify those things because, you know, there, there is, again, I said this earlier, like there, there is such an abuse, like in this practice of coaching and even like yeah. in speaking and motivation where it's just all about making people feel all really good and fluffy. And that, that doesn't translate, right? Like yeah. that, that's yeah, warm and fluffy is awesome, but it's not going to pay your bills. <laughs> right. Well, and even <laughs> yeah. worse, like one of my biggest problems is, is more often than not. So, you know, you take this person that is somehow discouraged or not happy with themselves or with their level of success, whatever they define that to be. And so they go to a conference and they get, uh, they, you know, they spent a lot of money. They're super excited to hear this person get up and speak. And this person gets up and man, they just fire them up, right? They, 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 they say all the right things. They get them super excited about themselves. They make them feel really, really good. Like, I mean, they are just like on cloud nine and then they have to go home and they go home. And before long, it's back to reality because you made me feel like you showed me how amazing you were and you made me feel really good for a second 
But then as I go back to my own devices, all of a sudden, all I realize again is how bad I am. And now, as a matter of fact, I started to realize that like, I'm actually worse than I even thought because this perfect example of like everything together is up in front of me and here I am just an absolute disaster. So, so those are the things that I struggle with so much. I agree. I swear you just read off my master's project, like, (laughs) because that was like my opening reason for going to school for what I did. I went to a chamber event locally and these events are amazing. I left feeling awesome. I was like, wow, this person really like made us feel like we could change the world with our actions, but didn't tell us how to. It's like when someone says, you just got to trust yourself. What the hell does that mean? And how do I do that? And, and give me something I can hold on to people. So I I totally get, that was literally why I entered in my master's program. It was, the decision was between an MBA and a master's in liberal studies and create this amazing program that I I want to create. And I, I went that route because of an event I went to that left me feeling cool. I didn't feel like a loser after it because I didn't know what to do, but I felt bad for so many other people in the audience. Like I had, I knew I had tangible things that I could incorporate into my life and take her motivation and kind of run with it. But not everybody did. Some people literally were there to learn something and, and they left with a feeling that also goes away. So what happens, you know, a week later, two weeks later, you know, that motivation is gone. It's probably gone by lunchtime if it's a morning event and they're out of sight, out of mind and that's it. But, well, what are we going to do for those people? Like, so when now, when I go and speak, not only by, you know, handing out packets with actual, this is how you're going to do it, like a play by play, or at least I'm giving you the excitement. So when you're speaking to people, it's not just about motivation and inspiration. Those are the things that may be the glue for the actual education. So you, you have to put all three together because that's what makes a powerful transformation. That was good. Motivation and inspiration are the glue for the education. Is that what you said? Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. So tweetable. <laughs> Hashtag Miranda speaks. Write that crap down. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So it's super easy. Uh, No, it's not easy, but like, uh, it's a lot easier to, to teach this stuff a lot of times than it is to put it into practice for ourselves. So how about you expose yourself for all of us for a minute? So what, what areas of this are still hard for you after all these years with a master's degree and a cert- certificate or, you know, you're certified in life coaching yourself. And yet, where is it still hard for you to apply these things as you go about your day? Well, all right, here we go. Let's open up now. Where's the wine? Is it too early for a glass of wine? <laughs> No, I think it's like it's one o'clock here. One o'clock, and it's five o'clock somewhere. Somewhere, yes, in the UK it is absolutely. So for me, yes, I'm human. I am absolutely human. I I've learned to laugh at myself, to take mistakes and kind of roll with them. But I still get stuck every once in a while in things like being lazy. Like I know it sounds crazy. As high energy as I am, I drain myself often. Um, So I forget to refuel. I forget to pour into me because I'm constantly giving my energy away and pouring into others, I'll forget to refuel myself sometimes. So that's something I'm constantly working on. Um, I, at times, will say yes to things that I'm like, why did I say yes to that? Like, I don't have time for this. Like, you got to be kidding. I'm saying yes to everybody. So that's a work in progress too. And it's actually something I coach my groups on, like saying no, I give them an assignment, say no to five things this week and report back to me. And then secretly I'm like, crap, now I got to do that too. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, stuff like insecurities, I mean, I run the gamut of insecurities when it comes to, you know, are my eyelashes big enough? Those stupid things that women run into, right? Like, oh, I have, you know, crow's feet coming in and, and I'm going to a photo shoot and I'm going to be on the cover of the magazine. And But then like 
am I going to look as good as the one before or the next person? And there's still those insecurities that we all have. Um, but a lot of them comes, comes down to the foundation of believing in who we are and trusting that God does not make mistakes and I am perfect the way I am and things that need some maybe tweaks or adjustments. I'm working on them. It's just being easier with yourself and, and forgiving the mistake you made. As long as you say to yourself, I'm not that person anymore, that mistake will never happen again because I've learned from it or there's no need to feel insecure. I, I get caught sometimes in like the comparison trap or self-sabotage. So yeah, I mean, I have it all just like everybody else. I'm completely human. But the beautiful thing about humans is that we can overcome and still thrive. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I appreciate you saying that. And I mean, I, I could bore people with, you know, all the ways in which... I just, I don't love myself. <laughs> but I bet you you can find somebody who does love those things about you and, and find that resource. So if I say I'm insecure about something and I tell my husband, he may say, oh, girl, you're crazy. Like your ass looks banging, knock it off. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, and I may be looking for that physical boost. I'm going to him because I know he does not feel the way I do. You know what I mean? So you yeah. got to find, and if it's a professional setting, like I feel that I can't coach someone for whatever reason, I'll go to the last person I just worked with and say, Hey, can you tell me about our experience together? What you gained from me coaching you? And they will tell me, um, this, this, and this would not have been done in my life without you. And they may not even know they're boosting me up for the next person, but there's going to be people in our lives that will tell us how wonderful we are and we may not believe them, but it's true. Oh gosh. <laughs> I, I loved every bit of that. And one thing that, you know, that, I would love to see more of is, is feedback. Um, you know, when we work with clients, um, you know, we we're pouring our heart and soul into these people and we, we know that they are seeing change, but, and you may get feedback from time to time, but I don't think that people on the other end take the time to consider the value of that feedback to us as coaches. And so I love that you said that. And I really wish there was a way, maybe if you're one of my clients and you're listening, or as a matter of fact, if you're one of Miranda's clients and you're listening, we require feedback. We prefer it to be positive, even though we will learn from the negative feedback. Yes, give it to us. But it's true, right? Like, I mean, every once in a while, I'll get like a... Um, <laughs> a message or a, a lot of my clients will follow me on Instagram. It's like a, a DM on Instagram or something. And they're like, you know, they'll share something, man, you really changed my, my thought process this day, or you have affected my life in this way. And I, it's really hard for me. Like, first of all, I don't, I, I, I need it. And yet sometimes it's hard to hear because I'm like, Oh, shucks, you know, it's so nice. Um, but it's like, I, I want to be able to capture that and I want to be able to reshare it. But then I fear too, like, I don't want to go out into like this whole like self-promotion game, but like it's made me feel good. And I want other people to see like what I'm capable of because I want to help other people too, right? So it's like, it's really hard, but it's so helpful. I usually, if there's a fine line with that. Like self-promotion is a necessity in our line of work, right? Unless we have a marketing team behind us, which I do not. I have a vision board behind me. There's nobody doing this for me. <laughs> but what you can do, and what I just did this morning actually, on my Facebook, I shared a text from my newest mastermind group where a woman said a mastermind is exactly what I needed. She didn't say, Miranda, you changed my life. She just said a mastermind, the mastermind. And yes, it's my mastermind. And she's, she's being coached by me. But the fact, I don't care if you work with me, work with somebody, please. Like everybody needs someone to partner with them, to hold them accountable to the goals that they've set for themselves and to help them live their best life. So the feedback is great. I literally, before this call, I write resumes too, as I'm a resume nerd. I absolutely, I love writing and I love 
self-expression. And I think resumes, although it's a, they're a lost, a lost art and not everybody requires them anymore. Some people still need them. And this woman wrote back to me because I always say, let me know what you think. I'm here if you need changes. And usually I get back, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I hire myself in a heartbeat. And I'm like, cool, moving on. This time, <laughs> this time the woman said like, oh, can we talk? This just doesn't sound like me at all. And I was like, eek, <laughs> front row. But I didn't like, I didn't want to throw up in my mouth like I may have wanted to a year ago. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't like get insecure about it because, hey, I want this more representation. Like I, I didn't just putting it together on paper. Like I want it to sound like you. I want you to feel comfortable with it. And if we're a good coach, like I know you and I are awesome coaches and I have that confidence. I want to know how I can continue good and get better. And I'm only going to get better by feedback. So when you're asking your people for feedback, like be as honest as possible. Like don't come at me like you wore a crazy shirt that day or you said shit too many times. Like that's who I am. It is what it is. However, if you come at me and say something like, I really liked it if we talked more about, you know, how I can network with the right people versus how I feel about myself. Then I would have been like, yeah, let's get together again obviously for free because you didn't get exactly what you were looking for. Let's get together with one more time and talk about that specifically. So you'll get what you need and I'll get what I need because maybe I didn't listen to you good enough in our first time together. You know, so feedback is amazing. Which is great advice, not just from a coach to coachy uh, relationship, but I mean, from a, you know, from a manager to an employee standpoint, you know, same, same, right? Like, I mean, we need to do a better job of how we provide feedback and the things by which we provide feedback for. And so uh, if, if that's an experience that you listening are having in any form or fashion, rewind a couple of minutes and re-listen to that again, because that, again, we need to do a better job of, of listening to what other people are asking of us, of delivering expectations, of providing feedback based upon our expectations. There's, there's just a lot there that people can benefit from. I'm a huge fan of setting intentions. And before I even go into a talk, a coach or a resume or a conversation about anything, I'll say, what are my intentions for this call? But then make sure I gather what the other person's intentions are as well. So if it's a large audience, I'm going to the person who is holding the event. What are your intentions for this talk? What are your audience's intentions? What do the people there want to take away from this? And you have to gather that information before you can even open your mouth. Super, super important. So important. Again, every area of life. We could have applied that to marriage and parenting and everything. We met through LinkedIn and LinkedIn has become a wonderful online community. Um, I find it to be one of the most encouraging online communities and supportive online communities. I've I've loved 95% of everything that is LinkedIn over the last year, year and a half. Um, but one thing that you miss out on, uh, for, for the, for the normal or standard LinkedIn user or goer is face-to-face interaction. And so, uh, about that same time, 12 to 18 months ago, some people decided that they were going to take LinkedIn to the local community. And at some point you jumped into that as well. And I know that you run New York's LinkedIn local, correct? Or Albany's LinkedIn local. And so tell me a little bit about how you got involved in that, why you decided to do that, and, and what's happening. Because I think that in, in the online world, which I believe is of huge benefit to us both, both personally and professionally, there is a need to have that touch and feel of, of in-person interaction. So, so tell me a little bit about why, why you chose to do that. LinkedIn Local is probably 
one of the best things I've added to not only my business, but to my life in general into the capital region. So I am the host of Albany's LinkedIn Local. Um, Albany is in upstate New York. It's the capital, obviously. I'm sure people have heard of it. But there's a lot here. It's technology and healthcare and, and innovation all over the place. And LinkedIn can, keeps us all connected, right? Because there's so much going on. However, we, we never get to take that next step. We're sending a message or maybe we're putting out content. People are liking our stuff. And, and that's great. Maybe you hop on a phone call if the conversation or the post is really cool. But you never get to really see these people unless you're doing business with them. So LinkedIn Local honestly started, like you said, 18 months ago in Australia. A woman wanted to just go to a coffee house. And, and she put on LinkedIn, um, I'm going to be at this coffee house at this time. If anyone wants to join me, I'd love to meet you, get to know you, put a hashtag in front of it. And now it's like an international movement. It's, it's an amazing, it's so much more than a networking event. It, we call it a connection event because you may already see these people. Like you, you may already see these people every day posting online and love their content, think they're awesome, but have no real reason to reach out to them. You may like if I, I'm not looking for a job, so I'm not going to reach out to this person or, you know, I don't need my resume right now. I don't need a life coach. So no one's going to, I'm not going to reach out to her or for whatever reason, but you just think there's just somebody I should be around. Something about their energy is exciting and want to be around that. So LinkedIn Local allows you to do that. I saw it posted in another state and I reached out to the gentleman and I said, can you bring that here? I said, we need something like that here. There's tons of networking events here and there's definitely some professional groups that I'm a part of that are awesome. But man, LinkedIn is like awesome and I need more of it. So he said, um, no, I'm not going to bring it to Albany, but you can. And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, I was just like dumbfounded by the, like, I didn't even really understand really, I guess what it was all about. So then I live in this area, so I became the host of it. It was perfect timing for what I needed in my professional career. I needed to reach out to more people. I wanted to meet more people and just do business uh, at, a, at a more authentic level. So I said, okay, I guess I'll be the host of LinkedIn Local. And I created um, the Albany event. It's all over LinkedIn. We've had this, we're on our second event so far. The first one, I literally posted the invitation and fingers crossed, hope for 30 people to show up, even though I thought that was a lot. I ended up having over 90 people buy Whoa. tickets. Come, I know it was crazy. Thank God I had the space for it. <laughs> and I was just elated by the outpour of people saying, this is such an amazing event. There was no pressure behind it. So here's the cool part about LinkedIn. Literally, I, I tell people, don't bring your business cards. I don't even want to see your business cards. I want to get to know you behind the profile, behind your job title, behind the business card. I don't want to know your skill set. I want to know your heart. I want to know you. I don't know. Maybe a little bit woo woo wee for, <laughs> for a networking event. Like you're not going to come and be like, Oh, here I am. I love long walks on the beach and red wine. Like, but you are going to come to this event and say, literally my name tag said, I'm right. I love cheese. <laughs> like, and it was just funny. And people are like, Oh, you love cheese. I love cheese. What kind of cheese do you like? And it was just corny and, and exciting and, and fun. Right. So you go to this event and, and what, however people play in it, but Anywhere in the in any city, if you want to host an event, you can. I mean, go to the website and make sure it's not already one happening. But my event is just so personable. And the first like theme of it was authentic connections. How can you connect more authentically with the people you do business with on LinkedIn? And this time around, our next event is March 21st. And this is going to be, um, which is so funny, because I actually thought of this after speaking to you. It's excellence on LinkedIn. And I don't spell it with an S, though. It is with a C. <laughs> 
So it'll the wrong be way. excellent. No. Yeah, I know. It's totally <laughs> wrong way. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to like have people think it's just for salespeople, right? Because it's not. So it's it's for anyone, right? So it's excellence on LinkedIn, increasing your reach. So now we're taking those authentic connections that we just spoke about a few months ago at the last event, taking it a step further. And now we are increasing our reach. How to do life and business on LinkedIn bigger and better. So that's, that's what this event is all about for this time around. But no matter where the events are, I see them happening all over the world. It's on, obviously, LinkedIn. Just hashtag LinkedIn local. You'll see all the cool stuff happening. Um, and this time around, I expect to be a, another large um, turnout. People have literally said to me, just it was just a church Sunday. And I saw a woman who came to LinkedIn local and said, I've gotten speaking gigs from meeting people there. I have, And she's in, like, nonprofit speaking gigs. I've gotten connections for the people I service. And she's like, I can't imagine an event more, you know, crucial to the work I do. And, and it was nonprofit. And I was like, I didn't even think, you know, that industry benefiting from something like this, although I know it could, but a lot of people who showed up were like salespeople looking to kind of do sales because they didn't really understand what it was all about until they got there. And they were like so blown away by the personal connections and, and getting to know people behind that profile, that highlight reel that they put out on, on social media. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. Um, so as you think about, so you got your hand in just so many different things, really great and productive things happening, running masterminds and coaching people individually and LinkedIn local. And I know that you write and, uh, and speak. And so what, what, what is kind of next for you? Like, what are you, what are you looking to accomplish as you look forward? Uh, is it different than what you're doing right now? Is it, is there something that you're really hoping to add into kind of that, that whole flow? Nothing different per se, just better and at a grander scale is really what's next for me. So I love what I do. I love working with individuals. I love helping them to find their sweet spot in their career and to really thrive or leave their nine to five and become a solopreneur and do it on their own. Um, I, I love helping people find what lights their fire and, and sustains it for, forever for the duration of their career. Um, and for me, I'd like to do that on a greater scale because I do a I do a lot of it here locally and online as well. But I think creating online programs may be the next step for me, which is what this Love It or Leave It is. That way I can reach more people, help more people, then they can take that positive transition in their life and just kind of put that energy out to the people around them as well. I just want to, I want to help people be happier and love their life and career more. And that's just what I'm looking to do. That's awesome. So if people follow you online or if they've ever had a blessed opportunity to video chat with you, or probably if they're going to see the um, uh, the image that we're going to use for the cover of this episode, they are going to see that sitting behind you is a vision board. And so when you swing around and look at that thing, what is on Miranda's vision board right now? I, it's funny, I did a, a Facebook Live yesterday. I've been doing a series on Facebook. And I'm not a huge Facebook Live person. I just really got into it because... I get so nervous. My excitement is, is just too much for people. So sometimes I'll do pre-record the video so I can kind of edit out the crazy. <laughs> but I did the um, I did a live specifically on my morning routine, and one part of it is speaking to my vision board as if it's like a wormhole to my destiny. As crazy as that sounds, I know, I know. Watch out! Now I'm getting crazy now. But I, I, what's on this vision board? It's more. It's so much more than just the the thing I want to do and accomplish. It's the person I need to become to accomplish those things. So I have, 
I have things on here that, you know, remind me to, to read and do personal development. I would like to finish that book that I started forever ago. That'd be a mere accomplishment for me. Um, but sitting down and finding that quiet time is kind of difficult right now. So writing the book would be a huge win for me. But also, I have, like, Jimmy Buffett on there. I want to go see a Jimmy Buffett concert. So it's a wide range of, you know, reminding myself that I'm worthy of everything I want. There are some big coaching events. Like, I would love to actually speak at a TEDx here locally. There's a couple of magazines I'd love to be part of. But honestly, it's about the energy and the belief in myself that covers this board more so than than the tangible things like a new car or a desk or something like that. Um, but yeah, that's my vision. Because for me, the vision is, again, holistic. It's not just one, one area of my life. It's all the pieces. And I have to become a certain person and have a deeper level of belief myself in order to achieve any of that. Yeah, and... and, and- Thank you, thank you for for reiterating that because I think that people need to hear that so much more as they are setting goals and you know creating their own vision boards and things like that. Is like all the things are awesome and you shouldn't sh- stop striving to want to um, you know to to go on vacation and buy the car, or the house, or whatever if that's within your means and responsible. But it's about becoming the person that has those things. And so I, I love that yeah, you say that. Thank you for that. that. That's just fantastic. So with that, what are some of the best ways? And we've talked a few about a few of them um, uh, over the course of this episode. But what are some good ways for people to get in touch with you? Most easily is my website, MirandaVonFrickin.com. There you'll be connected to the ability to click on my Facebook, on Instagram, my LinkedIn page, uh, or just email. So I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook, my two main um, platforms that I use, but my website will get you to all of them. So it's MirandaVonFrickin.com or MirandaVonFrickin on any of the other sites. That's so good. I bet that wasn't a that wasn't a hard handle to grab, huh? <laughs> no, and it's so funny. We talk about insecurities. That last name is a doozy. <laughs> so taking that name, it's my husband's name. It's a married name. You really have to be secure in who you are to just promote that, right? <laughs> Hell yeah, I love it. I love it too. It definitely balances the feminine in Miranda and the masculine in Von Fricken. Um, and that's how I that's how I play it out in my head. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Yeah. Well, I will make sure to include contact information for you. So email and, and social handles as well as a link to your website in the show notes uh, so people can reach out to you. And you know, if there was anything uh, that uh, Miranda shared today that you want to learn more about, um, obviously, you know, just her coming on and sharing what she did. She's obviously open to share more of that. And so I would highly recommend that you connect with her, find her on LinkedIn. There's always great content that she's sharing there. Uh, sharing video that uh, are always uh, really encouraging and get me all fired up. So thank you, Miranda, so much for taking time today. Just really appreciate you and what you're doing and the vision uh, that you have. And uh, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how that continues through 2019 and beyond. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show and for just being a part of my circle now. I'm, I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Shout out to LinkedIn. Woo-hoo. all right guys well that wraps up another episode of the excellence mindset podcast as always thank you so much for taking time to listen today Uh, i know that your time is extremely valuable there's a lot of uh, great content creators out there there's a lot of wonderful podcasts out there so for those of you that are choosing to spend time on this one i can't tell you how thankful i am 
Please make sure if you have any feedback to reach out, connect with me, let me know. You can go on iTunes. You can share a review there. Um, but if you have uh, things that you would like to see changed, if you have topic suggestions, guest suggestions, please make sure to reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to listen. In the meantime, do the best you can to have a great day and go crush that week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Excellence Mindset with Ryan James Miller. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And for more great content and to stay up to date, visit ryanjamesmiller.com. We'll catch you next time.